Welcome to Elan Restoration Fellowship, where Jesus is King, HaMelech, Lord, Hashem, and Messiah, Mashiach. And now, Pastor Billy Elias. Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 17. When interpreted out of Hebrew, it has a completely different translation than when you look at it in English. Of course, this is Moshe, Moses, getting, you know, or God speaking to Moses about Israel. They sacrificed the demons, non-gods, gods that they have never known, new gods that had come up lately, which your ancestors had not feared. That is a very critical moment because the ancestry of Israel I'm sorry, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. What was Abraham and his family? Idol makers. They were steeped, steeped in the demonic. They dealt with the demonic on a daily basis. Sarah, Sari, she was a temple prostitute and had to serve when called to the temple. I don't think I have to spell out to you what temple prostitution is, but maybe I do. We think of prostitution as a male and a woman. No. Prostitution, temple prostitution was male with male, male with woman, male with beast. It was all forms of sexual depravity. That is why she so willingly went to Pharaoh and Abimelech. Because that was the culture. So when Abraham, or Abram, feared his death when he embarked on these two kings, the Pharaoh and the kings, right, the great kings, he said, no, 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 no. Hey, she's my half-sister. She's my sister, so go, bro. Let it take her, take her, you go. And they did. And great calamity fell upon them. Because God said, no, she is a princess. She is going to be a queen. You can't treat her like this. But understand the gods of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, they did not fear them because they came out of them. They knew the truth. They understood how to combat them. They understood where to beat them. And when Jacob's, when we have the story of Jacob's clan and one of the family, one of the family members took an idol. Whoa, 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 whoa. What are you doing? Get that thing out of here. And the commentary and the interpretation of that moment is what it is. But the point I'm trying to make here is that these demons, these non-gods were not feared. By Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The fear of these gods came in when Israel went into Egypt. Because what did Israel do when they were in Egypt? They became Egyptians. So by becoming Egyptians, what did they do? They worshipped Egyptian gods. They were influenced to thinking that all of this paganism were more powerful than the great Hashem, which is why he sent, he actually sent a destroyer, as it says in Hebrew, which was a demon. But see, the thing that we have to understand is the demons have no choice. When God says do, they do. And if he says don't, they don't. But that is why he sent the deliverer through 
Egypt to say, I am the one true God, and every one of these gods, over the last 10 plagues, I have taken down and dismantled. Israel, you have followed after demons. You have sacrificed your children to demons. Is it a coincidence that one of the very first things we're told in Exodus is that Pharaoh feared Israel and had their children thrown into the river Nile. Why? Because the Shadim or Hashadim were influencing Satan at that or influencing Egypt at that moment to do what? To sacrifice children. Is it a wonder then that when they went into the land and God says, you know what you just did? You did what Pharaoh did. Because what did you do? You bow down to the Shadim. Abortion today is worshiping to the God or worshiping to the Shadim. So the reason we bring these things up is because when we go to bind, let's bind who it is we're talking directly to. Let's bind the Shadim. In a military campaign, when you go, let's just put it this way, during the Revolutionary War, at the outset of every campaign, it's, was, it's really good in the Patriot because he brings it out, but this was what happened. Armies were supposed to be civilized, if you could imagine. They would stand face to face. One would take their time shooting, and then the other would take their time. To kill officers was frowned upon. Because if you would kill an officer, then the army would not have a leader, and you ran the you would run the risk of armies having at each other. What Washington did was he enlisted snipers, and at the onset he said, "You will shoot every officer that we have at the beginning of each engagement, so there is confusion in the field with the rank and file." He distinguished what the soldier was from the leader. That's what we have to start doing in the church today. We call Satan. It's all, everything is Satan. Well, that is a broad definition of destroy the army. Okay. How do we destroy an army? What's the first thing we have to do? We have to destroy the communication. We have to destroy their supply line. Then what do we do? We got to take out their armor so they don't have armor support. We have to take out their air so they don't have air support. Then we could go in and we could strategically take on their infantry one on, you know. There's a strategy, a strategy, strategy. <laughs> there's a strategy to warfare. It's the same mindset we have to have here. We have to be able to discern who we're dealing with. And I, and I think when Jesus said some of these will not come out until, without prayer and fasting, I think the prayer and fasting, what he's talking about, is the discernment of exactly who it is that you're dealing with. We're being defeated. We're being destroyed because we can't even root them out of their place. So what I want you guys to understand is this. When we talk about um, Jewish mysticism and Jewish mythology, when the term Shadim was translated into Greek, it was done so as demonia, which 
we get the word demon. Now, here's something that you're going to love. In the Judeo-Islamic culture, the Shedim become the Hebrew word jinn. In other words, where we get the word genie. The story of Aladdin is about a young lad from an Islamic nation that raises a genie for three wishes. It is based on the, the Judeo-Islamic word for jinn. Now, I'm about to tell you we're going to go into a little of science fiction here. Okay? It's fiction. This is not real. These beliefs are false. They are fiction and do not appear anywhere in the Tanakh. So here's what happens. The jinn, the genies, are mentioned 29 times in the Quran. So right away, what does that tell you about the Quran? It's fabricated. It's mythology. Because it says the prophet Muhammad ministered to the jinn. Think with me for a second. The jinn are the same as the Hebrew Shadim, which are demons. But yeah, we have Muhammad ministering to them, and it's recorded in the Quran. What does that make the Quran? False. A book of demonology. That's what it makes it. Why do you think they hate the Jews so much? Why do you think they hate us? Why do you think they're terrorists? Why do you think they act in the spirit of Amalek? Because at the very core, their very belief structure comes from the fact that their great prophet ministered to the jinn, the demons. And it also says that the jinn can take control of the human body, possession, which, yes, absolutely. Interesting enough to think about this. They inhabit lonely and haunt places through terror. And the jinn can reproduce with other jinn and with humans. Stop. Where do you think that came from? Mythology. But what Jewish mysticism, what Jewish folklore is based on the fact that a demon can reproduce with a human, the Nephilim. This is where it goes awry. You've been listening to Pastor Billy Elias. Pastor Billy is the founder and pastor of Elon Restoration Fellowship in Toms River, New Jersey. Join us again as Pastor Billy bridges the gap between the Old and New Covenants. And as always, may the Lord bless you with peace. Down to